Trekkie is going to be extremely excited this weekend with a virtual fan meet and greet. And one of my guests from that meet and greet, Harry Kim from Star Trek Voyager. Garrett Wang, how are you today, my man? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. Every time I run into you, you always got something new, whether it's a clothing line, whether it's partying with the right people. Unfortunately, now you're going to be having neck surgery. But for for the time being prior to that on May 2nd, you and Robbie Duncan McNeil are going to be doing a panel at 10 a.m. Pacific, I believe. That's 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 what they tell me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the story goes that uh, you know it's a pay-as-you-go thing, based on you know pay what you can afford, especially with these trying times financially for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But the highest uh, the highest bidder gets five minutes alone with the two of you in a virtual conference, and then on Wednesday the sixth. Uh, 15 people get to talk to you guys for, I think it was like $50 donation or uh, tickets, correct? That's correct. And okay. May 7th, the next day is when I have surgery. So, uh, <laughs> I'm working right up to the very end there. So, <laughs> well, on the bright side is that you get to stay home just prior to the surgery. You know, you're not running around the no. convention floor in, say, Nashville. I mean, Nashville, yeah. I hear is a great city. But you don't want, you know, to be there on the 6th running around like crazy with a fan meet and greet and then fly that night to L.A. to have surgery. Uh, yeah, that would that would be uh, probably not a good plan. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there, there's some bonus things to this. Uh, I wish you a speedy recovery and speedy health. You were mentioning that uh, you felt this bulging disc in your neck beginning in September. Yeah, man, I've been having issues with it um, in September where I was just having very weak, weak knees, a little tingling in the fingers, you know. And then it kind of really, really went downhill in December. I was in Calgary with my family. We went to this thing called Zoo Lights, which they turn on all the lights of the, at the zoo at nighttime. But Calgary, Alberta, Canada, in December, it's snow and ice everywhere. But they know that. They typically will sand you know, the walkways. But this one area where I was walking, the ice completely slipped. And I've never slipped this way where both of my feet flew out from underneath me. I've never, ever had that happen in my life. I It, it happened so quick. I had my reaction time was none. To, I couldn't even curl up in the ball. I hit, you know, my probably my tailbone and then immediately my neck. I landed Ooh. really hard. So I think I pushed it over, right? That, that, that fall alone really really exacerbated the situation to the point where now both of my hands are completely numb. I can't feel them at all. They're ice cold. Uh, the knees are still weak to the point where I've fallen over, just, you know, just kneeling down or walking, just fall, <laughs> which is not good. So, uh, yeah, man. So this surgery hopefully will alleviate the issues. Uh, this enlarged bulging disc is pushing into the spinal fluid and into the spine. So that's where all these problems are, are arising from, from that inflammation, which it's too far gone to really, you know, prescribe any type of non-invasive surgery. So this is, they've got to go in and either replace it or just fuse, this, take it out and fuse the spine together. So that's what's going to happen. Oh man. Well, if they fuse it together, you're going to be like two inches shorter. So. That's what I fear. I'm like, gosh, dang it. You know, I'm already trying to, trying to say I'm 5'11. I'm actually 5'10 and a half. Now I'm going to, 
have to say, hey, I'm actually 5'8", you know, I'll be shorter and shorter, so. Right. As we get older, we shrink, but you don't want to shrink that fast because of a surgery. Exactly. Yeah. So if you can put in the artificial disc, I'd right. appreciate that. I'll, I'll maintain the same height. But if it's a fusion, then I'm going to lose a couple of inches probably, so we'll see. Well, I'm glad your spirits are up, and we can crack a few jokes about this because, you know, you've always been a fun-loving guy, and I'm glad that any time I get a chance to talk to you, you know, you're in good spirits. So even with the pending surgery in about a week, uh, you know, you're you're out there still having some fun. Hey, man, better that than uh, sitting around moping around and crying about how how bad you have it, right? True. <laughs> you gotta you gotta think hopeful. Uh, they gotta think good thoughts and, and have hope in your heart. So that's it. I love it, man. So tell me about this virtual experience because there was supposed to be a Star Trek convention this weekend that got pushed to the cyber world. Mm -hmm. uh, it almost feels like we're in the movie Surrogate at this point, but hopefully this will all pass soon. Yeah, you know, this is the this is the safest way to have a convention, right? Everybody stays at home. You don't go outside. You don't you don't expose yourself. Um, it'd be one thing if you know the U.S. had if you could go to Seven Eleven and pick up an N95 mask like that. You know, if everyone could put on an N95 mask and gloves, I think we'd be okay. We could actually have a convention. But you, you know, any other mask other than an N95 is not going to filter out coronavirus, right? So you're going to – COVID-19 is going to get through any handkerchief that you home home get up that you can, happen to fashion at home, anything like that is going to is going to uh, not be enough protection to stop COVID. So um, this is the best way to have a, a convention is online, virtual. So we'll, we'll see how this goes. This is, this is going to be, uh, you know, uh, I guess a – a test run per se. I think we're the first people to do this, or I don't know if they've done this with anybody else in the Trek world. They may have done it with some, some other actors from other shows I heard. So it may be a supernatural one. I don't know. I think, yeah, uh, creation, the parent company that's putting on the Star Trek convention, uh, also does supernatural. I think they did it with supernatural last week, okay. but, uh, you know, Creation's the one that set it up for both of you. So that's the fun yeah. part right there. Yeah. Yeah, I, although it is kind of sad because I was looking forward to seeing you guys in Vegas this summer. Yeah, man, uh, me too. <laughs> no, that's 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 sort of like, you know, my my once a year over perennial uh, event is to be at that at that convention. Um, and it's you know it looks doesn't look too good at this point, right? So um, we're still in the thick of it. Uh, on, on the bright side, there is the cruise next year in March. There is a cruise next year in March. Yes, that is true. I, I just hope that things will have uh, progressed to the point where where we have more control of this um, pandemic by then. Um, it's tough to say. You know, they're saying they're giving March 2021 as the earliest date for any type of vaccine to have been tested and ready to go. So, yeah, so we'll see. You know, um, I've got my fingers crossed. Well, we're hoping for it. You know, we want to get out. We want to have some fun, but we still want to be safe about it. Mm -hmm. you know? Exactly. I've been joking with with my friends. I was just like, I want a reasonable level of concern. You know, either everybody is like, you know, Tigger and doesn't care and they'll figure it out when they get there from the Winnie the Pooh world, or it's Chicken Little and the sky is falling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to you got to have a healthy dose of you have to have a balance, right? You can't be one all one way or all the other. Right. I think uh, cautious, cautious is the best way to be. You know, if you can avoid people, if you can stay six feet away from people, 
if, better yet, if you could stay 12 feet away from people, I, I, you know, that's better even than six feet. And even better, if you were planning to break up with your significant other, this is the perfect way to do it <laughs> without experiencing repercussions. <laughs> that's actually kind of funny and sad at the same time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, it's the whole, baby, I love you, but, you know, you live two towns over. I'm not going to be able to see you for the next nine months. Yeah. Maybe we'll start back up then. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Good Lord. <laughs> we have to laugh to keep from crying, so. You do. You do. <laughs> but tell me about this podcast that you and Robbie are putting together. Yeah, so, um, you know, part of me, I've been having this thought for, for probably a good part of a decade, uh, maybe longer, that I wanted to do a, a sort of a review, a recap of every single um, Star Trek Voyager episode. And, you know, recently I was listening to uh, um, The Office Ladies, which is uh, – the, the 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 television show The Office has a couple of the actresses from there doing their they've been rewatching the episodes and talking about behind the scenes. So I've I've been listening to their podcast and I started thinking, you know what? Gosh, I've been thinking I've had this idea much longer than they they have. That's for sure. And yet they've already done theirs. They're on their way. They're well on their way to, to into into uh, getting theirs completed. And it's it's time it's high time that I start. Um, you know, just get off my butt. I don't have any excuse. I don't, I, I can't really say, oh yeah, I'm busy flying here, flying there. And typically that, that has been my excuse. I mean, I've, I've flown over a hundred thousand miles on American every year for the last 12 or 13, no, probably 15 years now. And, um, you know, right now that's not happening. So I, I don't have an excuse. And so really that combined with the fact that this is the 25th anniversary for Star Trek Voyager and a lot of the events that I was planned to, that I had already been plan to uh to be a guest at have been canceled so i really feel like it's so sad that you know <clears throat> voyager you know voyager gets a lot of, has, has got traditionally voyager has gotten a lot of crap over the years from from like tos and tng fans saying yeah well we, we would prefer we prefer tng or i love tos I, I will I will tolerate Voyager, but my preference is to watch you know TOS or TNG. <laughs> so I feel like yet now it's it's further disrespect that how dare COVID nineteen make an appearance and ruin the twenty fifth anniversary of Voyager for for the, the fans of Voyager and also for the Voyager actors. It's just it's hilarious that this happens to us. So I felt that hey, you know another reason why starting my this podcast would be a fabulous fabulous time and a great great time and a fabulous idea um especially for those people who are planning on on seeing us in vegas for the they you know they had all they were throwing out the red carpet for all the voyager actors this year in vegas and you know and it looks like it's probably not going to happen and if that's the case then we really need to to um somehow fill that void and i think this would be an excellent um project this podcast will be an excellent project to fill that void so this podcast just so everyone knows you know it'll be available wherever you get your normal podcast whether that be uh itunes or or um spotify or uh but it, it also will be available um via patreon um on patreon we'll be doing a a video version of it so you get you'll get to see us that way as well as bonus materials for those of us who are, uh for those of those for those for those fans who happen to join us on Patreon as supporters uh we have that option but otherwise you know uh, we know times are tight money's tight 
hey, a good old-fashioned free podcast is not <laughs> – it's, it's a good way to pass the time. You know? you know what? It's the right price. Yeah. Yeah. And what are you calling the show for the people that don't know ahead of time? Right. It's called The Delta Flyers. The Delta Flyers. I dig it, man. And by the way, you know, it is unfair that everybody else got their quarter century anniversary. This just means for the 30th, you guys got to blow it up. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I was thinking the other day. I said, so what's the next milestone anniversary where we could really blow it up? 30. So yeah. another five years from now, right? <laughs> uh, I just I just hope all my, you know, co-actors are still alive and well in five years from now. It's just, it's scary times right now. You, you never know, right? So, right. Yeah, I, I'd rather do it sooner than later. That's yeah. that's for sure. Um, maybe I can like maybe I can uh, maybe I can push for a twenty-seven and a half year reunion <laughs> instead of a thirty. <laughs> oh, and the other thing, the other yeah. thing that's been kind of put on the side burner is the Voyager documentary. You know, they've been filming stuff at the cruise. When I was on the cruise, the Voyager documentary crew, film crew was there and. They had plans to be, you know, in Vegas and Germany, all over the place. And, and now all of that stuff is just everything's on hold right now. So it's a little it's a little scary. You know what? Scary. Next year, we'll set it up to where it's like what a lot of uh, a lot of people do, where they're like, it's the 19th anniversary of my 21st birthday. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> so what do you say? The, tw- the 26th anniversary, the, the first anniversary of our, 20, or of our 25th anniversary. Exactly. The anniversary of the 25th anniversary. There we go. There you, know, you go. We'll copyright that creation. You guys can set that up for us next year go. and make it even more fun. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. And I know Garrett had a lounge act waiting for us and everything else. You know, burlesque show. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now you're making stuff up. You know? I am, but 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 to really pull out all the stops, I really should come up with some type of Chippendales routine, sort of a a magic mic thing. You know, recruit some of my fellow Trek uh, hunk actors. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie and Garrett's After Hours podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, man, but it's going to be a good time no matter what. I mean, we get to at least talk to you guys on camera. Uh, this is the new normal for right now. So it. the beautiful thing about technology is I look at it this way. If you're a religious person and your house of worship was closed, your house has now become a sanctuary and a house of worship. You can stream religious ceremonies all over the world. You know, sure. you want to be able to talk to your favorite celebrities at a convention. Guess what? You know? You get to do that now through Zoom or Skype or whatever event is set up that you guys can do all sorts of things. So, you know, technology has brought us together. And thankfully, in this social media outrage that a lot of people have been facing the last five years, Mm -hmm. it's creating a better community for us. Yeah, it is. You know, and and it's crazy. All the the people that are, um, you know, anti-technology are now forced to be – they're forced to embrace technology now. So, you know, any of these baby boomers that were born in, you know, in the 1950s or earlier, they're all sitting here going, oh, daggummit, I've got to figure this out, this Zoom stuff. What is this? You know, it's, it's now really, it's forcing everyone to sort of uh, get up to speed to the 21st century now, right? So, right. <laughs> yeah. Which is very Star Trek in itself. It is. So it's making everyone more sci-fi, more futuristic. So that's, that's the plus side of this, the other side of the coin on this, uh, this time, the, the rough times we're going through right now. Uh, Garrett, I wanted to touch on something real quick, not the happiest of subjects, 
Mm-hmm. But uh, I know you come from a Chinese background, and, yeah. you know, East Asian Americans have received some unfair uh, backlash, especially, you know, when people are riding the trains in New York. You, I, mm-hmm. Hopefully you haven't received any sort of nonsense like that while, while you were able to be up and about. Yeah, um, I had one guy yell at me in the grocery store because I, I was walking along and I forgot an item and I walked back and I kind of got into his six feet space. And all he said was like, hey, man, six feet. And I was like, oh, ooh, my bad. Sorry. He's like, it's OK. So that was it. There was no nobody. No, there's no racial epithets thrown. But I'll be I'll be honest with you, man. Um, You know, I, I spent eight years of my formative years from fifth grade to senior year in high school in Memphis, Tennessee, mm-hmm. the deep south. So I feel like I've gotten my fair share of my, my, uh, my dosage of racism was, has already been fulfilled. So I think, I think the universe and God is like, you know what? I'm going to spare him from being actually physically or verbally accosted by anybody because of COVID-19 because he already had that every day of his life for eight years as a kid, which is even worse when you're not, when you're not an adult and you're a kid, you can't process you can't process racism that well, you know, right. mentally you end up, you end up being, you know, quite bitter. I remember sort of channeling my anger towards my parents. I remember mm-hmm. one day I came home and I told my mom, I wish I was never born to you. What kid says that to their parents? You know, right. that's horrible, especially, you know, if your parents are loving parents and not abusive and they were very loving. And I came home and said that because of the abuse I got because my face is Asian, right? So, um, but I am very well aware that there are Asian Americans living in this country. Um, and what I want, you know, people to realize and what I hope that most people will, will understand are that the Asians, Asians that are living in this country, they are, you know, for the most part, Asian Americans. They are American citizens that happen to be of Asian descent. American citizens that have served in the armed forces, that have fought in the armed forces, uh, that are, you know, Asian Americans that are on the front line of, of, of all the, you know, medical team. If you think about it, there's a lot of medical staff that are Asian. Right. So these are people that are trying to save the lives of all the racist, uh, uh ethnic groups out there that are giving crap to Asians right now. Well, maybe your grandmother, maybe your mom, maybe your auntie or uncle or aunt or grandfather has been saved at a hospital from COVID-19 by an Asian doctor. So, so lay off of this racist crap. It's exactly. not worth it, you know? And that's, human being. and that's the reason why we brought it up is because, you know, we want people to realize that. And it's not one ethnicity that's picking on Asian people. It's a whole bunch of other ones and oh, yeah. it's not it, fair. It, it, so no, it doesn't matter. It's, it's white skin. It's black skin. It's brown skin. It's every other color is, is kind of giving that sideways glance to anybody who happens to be, uh, from Asia or Asian looking, you know, um, <laughs> And it's, it's, it's tough. It really is because, you know, it's to be singled out like that. And especially when this originated, it'd be one thing if this originated in Chinatown in the U.S. Right. If this virus came from there, okay, maybe you have a reason to be all pissy. Right. But this came from mainland China, the communist regime, not a regime that I take, you know, I'm right. not communist Chinese at all. Like my, I come from parents that, escaped China after World War II was over, the communist regime fought against the nationalists. The nationalists had, a, had to uh, tuck tail and run, and they all landed on the island of Taiwan. And my parents, both my parents, uh, were of uh, families that were with the nationalist regime that made it out. One million Chinese left China to go to Taiwan 
when the communists took over. So, you know, I, I have no love for the communist party whatsoever. And I'm not happy about, you know, uh, what, what happened in terms of their trying to silence, um, doctors and reporters who were trying to get the word out that there's something really dangerous happening. And they were the early days, they were being silenced, which is, you know, horrible. You know, they're, well, yeah, that's wrong. The numbers that have reported in terms of, of who has died and who has been infected in China, they don't add up. If they're talking about, you know, funeral homes are, are, are releasing 5,000 urns of cremated remains a day to relatives and they're only saying 4,000 died. How does it, how does that work? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Who's doing the math there? Right. I mean, is everyone's, is everyone's, you know, uh, abacus over there broken? You know, I don't get it. Right. Well, they, they broke that one stereotype. They broke that one stereotype. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's just being good at math. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, well, yeah. well, don't forget, my family's from the western part of the continent in the Middle East, so we have all our doctors and, and all our people with, with you guys from the rest of the continent over there. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, we had a priest uh, crack a joke uh, to all the people that didn't go to medical school, you know, saying, aren't you happy your kids, or aren't you happy you didn't become a doctor this time? Ah, yeah. Well, what a great time for that joke, right? <laughs> right. Well, what you know, your, what, what is your ethnic background? Where, uh, where are your ancestors from? My dad's from Iran and my mom's from Lebanon. Okay. So, so the far western. Iranian? <laughs> yes. Right. You have an Iranian father and a Lebanese mother. Right. Uh, so, you know, like you, I've. countries. Right. So but like you, I've received, you know, an Asian F, which is, you know, a 92%. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, if, if, it's, if you get an A minus, an A minus in, in Asian and probably your culture is considered an F. Like, right. It's sort of like, oh, you didn't get an A? Right. Okay. You're now grounded for two weeks. No right. TV for you. No TV because I have one A minus. Right. That was that was my sentence when I was right. in high school. Right. I remember I got one A minus the entire time, and it was like the world had just imploded when that right. happened. You but could have you done eight percent better. Yes, exactly. Oh. <laughs> but you, co- you know, both your parents come from very like Lebanon is very war torn. They've gone through so right. much civil war, and Iran also. Yeah. Um, you know, when the Shah was deposed, I, I, I guess everybody in the the upper upper classes of Iran left as fast as they could, you know, and, to get out of that country. Anyone uh, middle class and up took off. Yeah, they took off. Yeah. They were like, we're out of here, right? So yeah. uh, Los Angeles and Washington, D.C. <laughs> probably have the highest uh, percentage uh, population of, of Iranian um, expats or whatever you want to call them, you yeah. know, that are living there. I actually met with an Iranian playwright. Who was doing a play about a, uh, it was about a Chinese grad student who, who ended up, um, uh, committing uh, suicide or something. And, and it was a play about him. But in, in our meeting, um, I learned a little bit about this, this gentleman that he, uh, during the revolution in Iran, he had a meeting with, uh, with some of the, um, other members of the theater company, the, the theater that, that he and uh, other individuals were, were, uh, the founders of. And he, he was late to the meeting, which was at the theater. When he got to the theater late, uh, he found his, his colleagues were all murdered. They were all shot dead. Um, and not uncommon at all, man. Oh man. But the, but the fact was he was late and he was so upset with himself for being tardy. But, but if the universe had not caused him to be late, he would never would have, you know, he never would have survived. He would have been shot as well. And, um, uh, thank God he made it out and he lives in Los Angeles now. Um, but, uh, you know, wonderful, wonderful, uh, 
wonderful man and, and a good story, a good ending to that story. And to be fair, he's the only Iranian that was actually upset being late ever, and then it actually paid off for him. <laughs> Are you trying to tell me there's, there's, there's Iranian time and also irregular time? Is Middle, that what you're trying to say? Middle Eastern people are the worst at showing up on time. Uh, Egyptians are worse than everybody else. Oh, no. Yeah. I, I, my Egyptian friends will sit there and say, all right, we'll see you at 1. And I'm like, all right, I'll see you at 430. <laughs> you know? Crazy. Okay, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna say I do have one Egyptian friend, but he is the anomaly. He's okay. a professor of biology at Duke University, <laughs> Dr. Mohammed Noor, and he's early. He's always early. He has never been late to anything that I've ever had to you know meet him at. So uh, he's the one one uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> one standout amongst that. But that's funny. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but I'm glad we could laugh at all this stuff, you know, because the old world has all its stripes and the coronavirus on top of it. We were told to stay home and watch movies. So I think we fare a little bit better. Yeah, I think so, too. You know, and then we get to talk to you on the phone and crack some jokes. We get to talk yeah. to you on May 2nd at 10 a.m. Yeah. and see what you and Robbie are going to be doing in the panel. Are we going to get a sneak peek at the panel for what, what's going on? Oh, you mean, uh, for the podcast, the, uh, podcast, uh, yeah. you can actually, if you guys, if people go to our, uh, our Delta, we have at the Delta flyers on, uh, Twitter, you can go there and you can, uh, I think we just recently posted a, a, a promo video. That's uh, a link to a promo video on YouTube that we posted. So people can check that out now, actually. Awesome. Uh, and is flyer spelled with a Y or an I? It's, yeah, it's D-E-L, the, T-H-E, D-E-L-T-A-F-L-Y-E-R-S. And just to differentiate, there is already a Voyager podcast called um, uh, Delta Flyer without the, the <laughs> at the beginning. And that's done by two gentlemen who are fans of the okay. show that they started a couple years ago. So people go to Spotify or, or iTunes right now. That is what they will find, and that is not us. Make sure that you have the at the beginning. But we have um, we have uh, a Twitter page, an Instagram page, uh, a Facebook page, a Facebook private group if you're a Patreon supporter. Um, and also you can find us at uh, patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers as well. So, Well, I'm glad that fans uh, are paying tribute to you guys, even stealing your idea two years prior to you getting it <laughs> off the ground finally. Or however many years they've been doing it, but, uh, you yeah. know, you want to listen to the, uh, to the cast themselves. It's always, yeah. it's always great when the fans talk. Don't get me wrong. Cause it keeps your guys' legacy alive. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I, I have no, I have no, no ill will or bad feelings towards any, any fans that are doing their podcasts, reviewing Trek episodes, whether it's Voyager, DS9, you know, TOS, any of the Treks out there. That's fine. Everybody should do what they want to do, you know? So download Robbie and Garrett's first and then go listen to the other guys. Yes, that's the yeah. key. So our launch date is going to be in the beginning of first week of May. So I'm guessing probably like May 5th or 6th or something close to around there. Um, that's when we'll be doing this. Taco Tuesday, Cinco de Mayo. Dude, just that crossover right there. There you go. You know, tequila yeah. and trek. Yes. Maybe we'll call it Cinco de, Cinco de Voyo, like V-O-Y-O. <laughs> <laughs> there you Cinco go. Cinco de Voyo. Oh, that's pretty funny. All right. Yeah. See, we're riffing. We got some ideas going and we cooking do, things up do. with people. We do. Hey, are you moderating the the panel? I wish, man. They have not asked me to. Oh, okay. I'm just I, lucky I, to inter interview you today. 
Oh, well, they should probably think about in the future, maybe just utilizing you as the interviewer <laughs> slash moderator of these panels. Like that would be better, I think. So. Wow. All right. Well, if you present it to creation, I'll be more than happy to show up. I'll whisper at him. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> With everything else going on, I know, you know, you have your sister. Uh, hopefully she's healthy as well. Uh, she lived close to you. You guys get to chat a, chat a bit through all of this as well. Yeah, we're, we're still in contact. She's in downtown LA, uh, you know, self quarantining in her, uh, in her condo down there. Uh, so she's fine. Uh, I'm in Pasadena at my parents in the guest room. Literally they, you know, if my mom makes some breakfast, she puts it in the, the guest, there's a, there's a bathroom that separates the guest room and the, um, um, and the main part of the, of the condo here. So she'll just place it next to the sink right there. And so, you know, the plate, and I'll come out like a little gerbil to get my food and eat it. And then, <laughs> and then I, it's on plastic plate and utensils. So I just toss it in the trash can and there's no, uh, there's no cross contamination for me and my parents. So that's good. Well, you know, because, uh, they're of a certain age and you have a surgery coming up. So everyone's got to be as, as cautious as possible right now exactly. and then post surgery. Exactly. And now it is now, um, it's official. Anybody who's having surgery right now, um, two days, 48 hours before their actual surgery, uh, they must go and get a drive through COVID-19 test, uh, performed. So I will be tested on May the 5th at a drive through location in the afternoon. And I think they will probably know the answers within uh, a couple of hours. They'll know. So, well, I'm glad, um, you know, uh, unfortunately a crisis has forced us to be more, uh, innovative. But that's the way things usually happen. Yeah, I, I just I really hope that you know that they ramp up the, the uh, production of these test kits, um, and I'm referring to the companies that are in the U.S. making test kits. Uh, there is a fan. There's a couple uh, that I know that are fans that I met on the cruise. The husband works for a company in Northern California that that that's all they do, and I think they're putting out. I think they're manufacturing. I think the number was each. Each month they they're making like a or each week they're doing a million. Is that is, does that sound right? A million tests are being produced a week over there. I'm not. I'm hoping. It? I'm hoping. Yeah. I mean that's really the only way to really know. Right. Everybody has to take the damn test. I don't care what you know what walk of life you are, whether you're the CEO of of some Fortune 500 company or you're living into the projects, everyone's got to take this damn test. And then, then we'll know that's how we'll stop it. Right. I mean, oh, absolutely. Know, and these tests have to be good. I mean, there's, you know, I've been reading reports online that, that countries have been sending back tests that, that have been manufactured in China because they've been faulty. Um, they've been rushed through, you know, and that's not going to help anybody. We need right. tests that are accurate. Um, hopefully made American made is better. And, um, get these out so that everybody in this country knows right off the bat. Cause if you know, if everybody knows, okay, here are the ones that are infected. Well, sorry guys, you will now have to be quarantined until you're done. Right. right. And then no one else is going to get sick. Then we can have, we can have football season again. Thank God we can have, you know, all these things can happen. Uh, everything, all the wheels of commerce can start churning again. If we can have a test for every, every American, that is right. it. That's the bottom line. And it just, it just sucks that being a first world country, we are literally as, as well off as, you know, Ghana or, 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 you know, Nigeria is right now a third world country <laughs> where we're as good as they are because they, they also, every country in the world is short of tests right. to test the entire population. So that's it. 
I think the one good thing about all of this that came from it is that it was the great equalizer. And it's forcing us to reevaluate what's significant. Whether you have a hundred dollars or a hundred thousand dollars, you're sick, you're sick, you can't buy health. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I really feel, I just, for me, I think, um, after we emerge from this, this pandemic, I feel that worldwide, I think everyone's going to be a little bit more empathetic for their fellow human being, you know. I think there'll be less, or at least I hope there'll be right. less road rage in Los Angeles. <laughs> there'll be less, you know, there'll be less of just humans acting ugly. I right. just hope, you know, that's my hope. I do think that the, the danger is that when the final death toll is announced for the U.S., because right now we have more than any other country, right? Other than China, I, in right. my estimation, I, I think China still has more than the U.S., but they're not reporting it. Um, uh, I think when that's all said and done, there's going to be people that have that were related to these people that will probably still kind of give this racist sort of treatment towards Asian Americans that I'm 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 very concerned about even after this is we're all out of this you know hopefully there will be some something that uh, you know some something that will cause these people to just forgive and forget because we really. Asian Americans have nothing to do with this damn disease. Okay. Right. We have absolutely nothing. And for you to sit here, for anybody to be racist towards an Asian American right now, it's, it's infantile. You know I mean? You're acting like a, like a child. I mean, right. why would you do that? How is, how is that helping anybody? Right. If you're going to get it out on something, go find a punching bag and punch the crap out of that. Right. Right. Go target shooting and shoot a bunch of things, break a bunch of stuff that way. But don't, don't do the, don't, don't do the racist thing. That just right. doesn't serve anybody. It just makes you, it makes you look like an idiot, right? right? If you act like that in public. Um, and I just hope that other people out there, other non-Asians that see other non-Asians acting like that in public will step up and, um, do the right thing and stand up for any Asians that are being treated poorly. Or Absolutely. And to paraphrase and much simpler, in much simpler terms, for everything that you fear, we've lived and we've escaped it. So get off our case. There you go. Yeah. Well said. Well said. I <laughs> yeah. like it. Well, you know, uh, that's what we get for uh, writing and talking for a living. Yeah, <laughs> most definitely. Are you, where are you right now? You're I'm in Huntington down. Beach. Okay, so you're yeah. down in OC. So yeah. That's good. Yeah. So we had our beaches that. packed, and I avoided it because I was <laughs> I was tired enough of traffic before the coronavirus. I don't want to like add to it now. Yeah, I tweeted on my Twitter. <laughs> I retweeted. Um, Linda Carter, original, original Wonder Woman. I retweeted her. She put a tweet up there and she said, for everyone who's going to the beach, and she showed up, there's a gif on there of her character as Wonder Woman, hit knocking this guy on the beach and he, she knocks him with her forearm and he flies through the air and lands in the water. He lands in the surf right there. Right. So I retweeted that. That's, yeah, I, I just, I don't understand it. I mean, you just, no one needs to do that, right? I mean, if you social distance at the beach, I'm okay with that. Stay yeah. about 10 feet away. Oh, that's okay. But if you're going en masse out there because <laughs> it's springtime, come on, guys. You're asking for it. You're right. just not – can't. this stuff is dangerous. And people – I think I think what a lot, a lot of people are thinking is maybe this is a hoax. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know anyone who's died from this. Maybe this is baloney, you know, and it's just like, okay, well, if you want to take that risk – because there is no cure for this. That's right. what, that's the thing. Everyone's thinking, yeah, all right, I'll go to the hospital. I'll be fine. No, within five or six days, you could be dead. <laughs> you know, I mean, how, how is, how's that going to work? You know, I mean, that's nobody wants to, to leave this world before they're supposed to. And right. it's already happened. 
It's already happened to so many Americans already. And it's just, it's sad. And some of these are people that, that, that everybody knows too, right? So, yeah. Somebody knows somebody. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's a six degrees of separation thing at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It is. But the beautiful thing is that we still get to talk over this and still have a healthy sense of concern with a rational behavior. Yes. Yes. And luckily, science fiction helps us with that escape. Um, with everything that's going on, you know, sci-fi has been a huge indicator of all this stuff over the years. It's been dystopian. It's been utopian. Uh, Star Trek has shown us the utopian, the dystopian, and the balance that we're still trying to search for. Mm-hmm. What can we get from all of this uh, through going to this virtual convention this weekend? Well, um, I mean, Star Trek has always been uh, the champion of a the utopian view of future. And, you know, the people that watch Star Trek religiously, um, you know, I tend to be of, I think, better moral fiber than those who don't. <laughs> and so, uh, and, you know, Star Trek was really founded by Gene Roddenberry, Roddenberry uh, as a way to sort of, to sort of combat the, the issues of the sixties. Right. So, you know, when you watch a Star Trek original series episode, Sure, you know, there's the away team. They go down to the planet. The red shirt dies, and they come back from that mission. You know, you have that story. But underlying, there's always that message, that underlying message behind every uh, Star Trek episode. Uh, and that, you know, message may vary. But all the messages are really to deal with life's um, hurdles that we deal with now, such as racism and 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 um uh, anything else that we are dealing with as human beings, Star Trek does address that in in their episodes, which is what's so great about Star Trek, right? And so really going to a virtual event like this is just sort of reminding everybody and just propagating the whole, you know, uh, utopian uh, vision of the future. It's just continuing that and giving everyone the dose of Trek that they need that they usually get when they go to a land-based convention like the convention in Las Vegas that is probably going to be rescheduled, you know, or right. canceled until the following year. So it's uh, it's a really great way to fill that void, mm-hmm. and um, um, you know, with uh, with sports and everything else, every other major event, you know, every other festival uh, canceled right now in the near future, um, uh, virtual is the way to go. So let's let's just hope that everyone uh, embraces that, and and everyone at home that doesn't understand uh, technology. Uh, Starts taking those crash courses, and if you if you don't want to take a crash course for all those baby boomers out there, just ask your grandkids what's going on. They can uh, <laughs> they can fill you in on everything, right? Everything you need to know. Your kids or grandkids will tell you. So, well, I wanted to ask you two more questions uh, based from a fan perspective. Mm-hmm. All right, since this is a quarter century f- removed from the pilot episode of Voyager. How does it feel that stuff that was science fiction when you were filming the show has now become science fact? <laughs> Give me an example. What are you talking uh, about? Cell phones, you know, uh, yeah. communicators, big screen TVs where we're talking to each other directly with no delays, you know, Zoom, Skype, uh, Facebook yeah. Live, FaceTime, all this stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. nice. It's really nice because now, you know, I mean, for the longest time, I think Star Trek has suffered from, you know, there, I, I know that there's people that don't watch Trek that, that the reason why they don't is because they, they're saying, well, that's a bunch of, 
it's just a made up, made up fantasy. It's all futuristic and it's not realistic. Right. And, um, I almost feel like, well, now with everything coming to fruition where you're seeing technology advance as quick as it has been, uh, Star Trek is now making a lot more sense now. <laughs> yeah. It's becoming like a much more, uh, real time or current, um, because of our technology. And, you know, that to me, I find it very interesting that literally, like what year did the first cell phone come out? I would say, remember when they were big blocky? Like oh, the giant like, brick? Yeah, the brick. The brick was back in like... 83, 84? Yeah, but, 84 yeah, maybe yeah. at the earliest. They had like an eight minute, you know, charge or something ridiculous short amount of time like that. Yeah, yeah. So let's, yeah, let's say 83, 84. And then you fast forward, um, literally, uh, what is it now? It's, is that 40 years? Uh, almost, uh, 37, 37 years. Yeah, 37 yeah. years. Look how fast we've come in that short amount of time. And then look at, from like 1776 when we had freedom from the British to 1876. That hundred years, same old, same old. Carriages, you know, horses, right? Yeah. It's just like, it's like they're, they're really in a hundred years, barely anything. Right. Even I could say 1776 to 1976. It still was like very just plodding along slowly. And then bam, within that really short time, everything went so quickly, you know? Right. So, but the industrial yeah. age was pretty big. I mean, we got the radio, we got TV, we got motion pictures and all that stuff that we right. totally take for granted now. Yeah. But we still yeah, have the yeah. horse and buggy with the movie theater. We do have that. <laughs> we do have that. Uh, it's just that it, it, we're, I think we're lucky to live in these times, you know, right. and whether, whether the advancement, the rapid advancement in technology is due to just our doing or whether it's done from reverse engineering of other <laughs> um, technology that we have acquired that, that this general populace doesn't know a thing about. Well, I'm happy for that too. You know, Somebody's been watching ancient aliens. Oh my God. You know, I, I just, before Agent Aliens came on as a show, I, I read a book um, about Roswell that was written by a re- retired Air Force, um, you know, general, whoever. I, and basically, he was, he said, like, you know what, once I left the armed forces, I felt like I'm just going to just, I'm just going to let it all out. <laughs> I'm just going to, I don't, I'm, I'm going to let it all out. I don't care. And so I read that book and I just started thinking, huh, makes sense. Right. <laughs> and they have their plausible deniability, shocking. so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's just a weather balloon. It's just a weather balloon. Yeah, weather balloons are, weather balloons are just like pinatas. They're filled with little aliens inside if they, if they pop and burst. There you go, man. There you go. And the other one would be since Picard has become a huge hit on CBS All Access and people are loving that series, whether they're actually streaming it when it comes out or waiting for the streaming services to host it or even still buying the DVDs. If there's, a cameo for your Voyager characters. How would you like to see yourselves portrayed you know, this far off into the future from Next Generation and Voyager? Uh, I would like to see Harry promoted. <laughs> <laughs> Seven years without hey, a promotion, hey, man. Hey, man, I don't ask for much. See, I'm not ask, I'm at, I, I don't ask for the moon. I just ask for a promotion. I just don't want to be the oldest ensign in the history of Starfleet. If I got, if I seriously, if you, that would be hilarious. I show up on Picard and then Picard goes, Ensign Kim, I go, please don't even refer to me as that. I just, just 
just call me Forever Ensign. That's my name. I, 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 I never, I, I'm never going to get promoted. So, you know, I, I, I'd hope to God that Harry's, you know, a captain by now, for goodness sakes. It's ridiculous. You know, I'm actually older now. I'm older now than Kate Mulgrew was the day we ended filming seven years of Voyager. <laughs> does, that, does that make sense? I mean, literally, I'm older than her when she finished her role of Captain Janeway uh, in 2001. I'm older than that now, right? So I've turned 52 this year. So it's like, okay, you know, there's got to be a promotion. And so, you still have all your hair, which makes me dislike you now. I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> are, 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 you, uh, are you hairless in parts of your scalp then, uh, yourself? Let's just say uh, Jean-Luc and I have a couple of things in common. Oh. Yeah. Off? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. You know, right. it's easier right now, especially all the barbershops are closed. Well, I also have to say now, you know, they talk about coronavirus attaching to hair, so you don't have to worry about that on your head. So exactly. You actually, sir, you are at an advantage now compared to everybody else. So. Yes. An overabundance of testosterone that, that caused the hair loss has become an advantage to where uh, help me uh, fight off an uh, infection from receiving it or whatever. Yes, there you uh, it. There it is. There, yeah. That's the other side of the coin for you, my friend. <laughs> Perfect, man. Garrett, where can we find you on social media? And again, uh, the website that we can uh, stream everything this uh, this Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific. Uh, yeah, so uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram. It's at Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T, then middle initial R. For Richard and then W A N G. I did that because I was copying Jerry Ryan. Mm-hmm. Jerry Ryan started, she was the first one to adopt Twitter. Uh, and she was at Jerry L Ryan. So I thought, I'll be cute. I'll follow her. I'll go Garrett R W A N G. And then, uh, lo and behold, I just, on a, you know, I just on a whim, I type in at Garrett Wong W A N G mm-hmm. and it pops up this account of somebody that I don't know who this is. And I'm like, okay. So then I messaged this person and they're like, Oh, you're the original Garrett or something like that. I'm like, I'm like, okay. Um, and you, he's like, Oh, I live in Singapore. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And I said, is there any way you can change your profile picture? Your profile picture shows two Asian kids getting up out of the water in the, under the back of a boat. They're getting up out of the water and all you see is the top of their heads and it's clearly Asian hair heads. And right. so, but you don't see their faces. So if anyone goes to just, you know, at Garrett Wong, get W-A-N-G, uh, and I pronounce it like an O instead right. of V-A. I try to pronounce it correctly. Okay. So if anyone goes to what, you know, uh, what they would logically think my address on Twitter and Instagram would be, they come across this Singapore kid's private account and they're thinking, oh, that's Garrett and his cousin when they were kids coming out of the ocean onto the back of a boat, onto the back of a yacht, you know, that makes sense. And so I asked him, can you change your photo for me? He goes, nah, I like that. I like that picture. I said, can I just ask you, sir? I said, how old are you? He's like, 13, fly. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm dealing with this young teenager in Singapore. So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram there as well as Facebook. And you know, that, that actually happened uh, when I was trying to email you one time. When we were, really? yeah, when we were trying to get ready for Dragon Con a couple of years ago, I, you know, I misspelled something in the email and it went to another Garrett Wong and he's just like, no, I'm not the famous one, but if you talk to him, tell him I said hi. <laughs> That's 
you found the you found him too. <laughs> I can, there's a couple. There's a, there's a guy. There's a guy that I met him at a convention, and he's he's half he's half Chinese, half Caucasian. Uh-huh. So he looks, you know, he he looks more half half than anything else. But he walked up. He's like he's like we have the same name. I'm like what? No. <laughs> here's, here's my driver's license, and he pulls out his and I go, yep, that's us. <laughs> so <laughs> so there's more than one Garrett W A N G worldwide. There's the Singapore one who would not change his Facebook uh, his uh, Twitter profile pic. And then there's the American-based one. I think he lives in Arizona somewhere. So, yeah. So when the Garrett Wong International Convention comes and there's 70 Garrett Wongs there, we got to put you in the center of the photo just so there's a record of it. <laughs> you know what I should do? You know, whenever you watch, like, uh, any t- any police procedural show and they show, like, the lineup of, like, uh, suspects up against the wall, and they bring in the, 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 the victim, and they're like, okay, so is any of one of these guys the, the perpetrator? I'm going to have me and every Garrett Wong in the world lined up against the wall like that. People <laughs> are going to have to pick out which is the real one, you know. So And so they realize all of you are the real one. <laughs> we are all the real one. <laughs> Joke's on you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Garrett, I'm I'm glad you're in good spirits. I wish you a speedy recovery from your surgery. Let me know after you get out of uh out of quarantine post surgery how everything's going so we can tell everybody about it. Yeah, definitely, man. I'll I'll shoot you a text and to tell you that I, I made it through safely and uh, uh everything's good. Um it's probably gonna be I think the recovery time is about six weeks for this type of surgery. So about a month and a half. And then I can, I can actually get up and go and do something. So, um, yeah, so that's, I hope that I, I heal faster, but we'll see. Yeah. Are you allowed to be, get up and walk like a couple of times a day just to keep the strength in your legs or oh, yeah, are you yeah, going to be completely be- bedridden? Oh, no, no, no. I can, well, I can walk around. I just okay. can't lift anything more than like five pounds. I can't, I can't really get into a car in case we hit a pothole. I can't fly on a, a plane because of turbulence because that jostling around is, is going to be very bad for uh, for a spine that's recently been operated on. So, uh, but yeah, I, in terms of walking around the um, where I'm staying, not an issue. I could probably even take a walk outside and get some fresh air. But um, actually, you know, subjecting myself to a possibility of being jolted around via plane, trains, or automobiles uh, is something that I probably should stay away from until at least six weeks after. So that's the goal. But I also want to thank you. You, sir, are are the type of interview that I, I am happy and I look forward to, to talk to. So well, my good sir, I, I thank you for the compliment. I'm extremely humbled. You've always been nice to me every time we've ever ran into each other, where it was Dragon Con in Atlanta or Vegas or wherever else. So I have to do you justice because you've always been kind to me when you had no reason to be without even knowing me in the beginning. So for Aww. that, I thank you. Oh, you're welcome, man. <laughs> All right. So follow Garrett R. Wong with an A, though. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram and the, uh, the virtual fan experience this weekend, uh, May 2nd at 10 a.m. I'll link you to it uh, at the bottom of, of the, uh, audio file. And then again on Wednesday, May 6th with what's going on with you and Robbie in the Q and A. Yeah. Garrett Wong, thank you so much for your time, my friend. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you.